Welcome back to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Thank you for your downloads, participation on the Facebook page, and sharing music with us. We love you for that. Uh, with me always is Jason. What's going on, man? It's it's Jason's. Well, by the time you hear this, <laughs> it'll be past, but it's Jason's birthday today as a recording. Today. So happy birthday. Thank you, my friend. Very much appreciated that. And thanks for posting it on Facebook, even though I said ignore me. <laughs> no, pr- appreciate it. Um, doing well, doing well, getting ready. I think we're going to grab a couple friends and um, go somewhere local for a uh, a bite to eat later on after we get done reporting the co- recording cool. the podcast but i'm a guy who just likes to keep it very very low-key you know that's just how i am i don't like big fuss and muss how are you doing good i'm good i'm very good um was just over at the local guitar shop uh brought one of my bases in to get adjustment i had to get some work done on another couple bases so that was always cool to get over there and talk to those guys um what i got on my mind the most though is like i just yesterday, I heard and watched the new lyric video from our friends in the Georgia Thunderbolts. Can I get yeah. a witness? And I'm just like, holy song. crap. And I immediately posted, like, those guys are, they're claiming their spot up there with Blackberry Smoke and Whiskey Myers yeah. and Steelwoods. I mean, they're just incredible. They're the next big thing. And I think we, we, we talked about this before, but as soon as I heard those guys and when we had TJ and Riley on the podcast, I'm like, I'm like, they have it. You know, I saw him live a couple, a month or so ago. Same thing, man. Like they're just super talented dudes. They're good dudes. And uh, they're, you know, they're going to be the next big thing in Southern rock music. Oh, they're incredible. Just incredible. I mean, TJ is like. uh, That voice. It's similar to Ronnie Van Zant. I mean, I I know nobody wants to get comparisons, you know, like that's a heavy comparison to live up to, but he's just, just an incredible singer. And that song is just badass and it's heavy and it's Southern and it's, I'm just like, just blown away. Well, I pre-ordered the album. It comes out in October. I'm looking forward to it because I know their um, EP came out earlier. Uh, mm. I like the songs on it. I like the couple of new things that they've done. Can't wait till October. Right. Go out well, and pre-order the album. Everybody's listening. Speaking of uh, lyric videos, uh, 10 Ton Mojo's got one, a new one coming out September 10th. I don't see a a name of it, but uh, we will look forward to that. Um, Also, go ahead. Also, you know, I've been, you know, since we talked to our friend in the cold stairs, I've been listening to them and, you know, playing bass along with their, some of their stuff. And I'm just, I'm getting to be heavy shoes album, dude. is So good. I cannot stop listening to it. And I've, I've, shot chris a message a couple times on instagram every time he's posted like a review he's probably thinks i'm some crazy stalker i'm like yeah you guys deserve that good review because this album's really good he's always like thanks man so i'm gonna have to tone it back a little bit yeah no they're just another incredible band and i'm just blown away by oh for sure for sure perfect sound perfect sound um I don't know that 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 sound on this new album hits hits me right in my sweet spot. That's all I know. But go out and buy that album. It's available right now everywhere. Heavy Shoes by the Cold Stairs. 
So we are a couple weeks removed from Rock and Pod, which was an amazing experience. And we got to talk to some people and and some of them we wanted to have on again to talk to them longer. And we just happened to be able to do that. So Jason, why don't you let our listeners know who our guest is yeah. today? Uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Brian. I mean, we talked to a bunch of people that day. Um, maybe that podcast is out now. I don't know what order everything is going to end. This is probably after the Rock and Pod podcast, I'm going to assume, right? Yes. So you're already going to hear this guest a little bit talk to us. We only had 15 minutes with people, but when we had her on, uh, she was very energetic, very like, I don't know. So there was something about her that just you and I really liked the guys from state of America who were sitting next to us said the same thing. Like, wow, like who is that? Like just good energy. Uh, so we wanted to have her back on and uh, for a full episode and it, she's a great guitarist, really really like just one of the better guitarists I've heard coming out from her age. She's a good singer. She's got an album called underdog anthems out. She's out of Nashville. Her name is Jack's hollow. She does blues rock, Southern rock. She does a variety of things and uh, really good uh, young artists. It's going to be really amazing to see where she goes uh, in her career, Brian. Uh, she's incredible. I've been listening to her music and she is just, <laughs> She's a hoot to talk to, man. And, uh, she's this, this free-spirited kind of hippie girl. She talks about her upbringing and all that. And in Massachusetts, just, of all places, we're hippie. Yeah, right. And I don't think, I don't know if she mentioned that before, but um, yeah, she's just, it seems to be kind of like leading this charge of these younger, younger group of musicians in Nashville that are just ready to take the world by storm. Yeah, just super impressed. And, you know, if you get a chance, you should go out either to her YouTube page or just, you know, Google her and watch her play live. Like she, you know, it's not studio magic for the stuff you hear in the album. She can actually shred. It's great. It's, I love to see young people play guitar and play rock guitar and do all the stuff that I loved growing up that made me love music and rock music. And uh, you guys will uh, get a much better idea of what we're trying to uh, tell you about here just by listening to our conversation with our friend from Nashville, Tennessee, Jack Solomon. We're in the guest segment of this episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast, and I always throw it over to Jason to tell you guys, the listeners, who our guest is this week. Thank you, Brian. Uh, thanks for always allowing me to introduce a guest. It is my pleasure to have on a fantastic new artist that we met at Rock and Pod in Nashville. She just charmed our pants off, so we asked her to come back for a full episode this time. So, Jax Hollow joins us. How you doing, Jax? What's up, y'all? Man, charmed your pants off. I wish I could do that more often. <laughs> well, to get, only the guys your age. It's it can sound speech. well. You guys are old enough to be your dad. Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, this is I love the blues, southern rock. That's where I live. So, hell yeah. I love what you guys do. 
Well, we love what you do. And that's, again, that's why we have you on the podcast to talk a little about your new album and, and everything else that's going on with, with you. So Brian, you want to take it away with the first question? Yeah. Just if we can do, you know, we chatted a little bit about this at rock and pop, but if you can just kind of, we get like a longer version of like how you started in music and how that leads to you being in bands and how that leads to starting your own band. Yeah. Uh, started in music. Um, I think I talked to you guys about this, you know, I was just a, I was just an awkward little teenage kid. Um, I was like 12 or 13, like a little preteen. And I just, um, I had no friends <laughs> and, uh, I needed an outlet. I was just a, I was a weird kid. I just did weird stuff. I was just very like alone most of the time. Um, I, I'd like, you know, I had like three siblings, um, and like I hung out with them, but, um, as far as like growing up, I just, I feel like there wasn't really a lot of like, uh, <clears throat> you know, structure and stuff. And um, so I was just like, man, I need to like hold on to something. I need some kind of outlet. And the perfect outlet for any kid, I think is always like some sort of creative outlet. And so I just like really clung on to uh, music and art actually I draw too, but whatever. And um, so uh, yeah, I, then I discovered Led Zeppelin uh, my dad had a CD collection and then that was back in the day where like YouTube was free and there was a bunch of videos that were like kind of bootleg that you could just watch that there was no like it was like the wild west of YouTube you know so I saw all these like old Zeppelin um, concert things and I just like immediately fell in love with like the look the persona of everything like Robert Plant Jimmy Page I just wanted to like be them so yeah what specifically about Led Zeppelin? You said the persona, like, was it a specific album, a song? Was it just, was it just the look? I wonder if it's, you know, I wonder if it is just them or, you know, what they took from like, you know, the old like blues players that they right. stole from. You know? No, no um, they borrowed, inspired. Yeah. Come on, you're an artist, a guitar singer that you, you know, you're inspired by. But uh, later I'll send you a thing. Check out like Dazed and Confused because they Oh yeah. Uh all right. <laughs> you know, like there's a way to borrow and there's a way to steal. But anyway, I fucking I love Led Zeppelin. Uh so like nothing, you know, nothing can taint that. I know, I know there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it, but like, um, yeah, man, like um there's something to be said. I don't know what it's called, but it's like it's like that powerful sort of commanding presence that also just like comes out in the artistry of the music that the person's creating that is just like totally entrancing and like enticing and like nothing you could do could like take your eyes away from like what's happening right there in the moment and to be totally completely present in the moment is a very hard thing to do I think especially nowadays with phones and stuff and if you can do that to somebody and like have and share that moment with someone that's like that just elevate like that's just like something I can't really define that like just makes it make sense why you would be a starving artist why you would make no money and like keep doing this over and over and over again with expecting like different results and like you know struggling because of that X factor thing that I think we all strive for as artists and that's i found it for the first time watching led zeppelin on youtube <laughs> that's yeah. amazing listen like so 
Zeppelin, you know, for me, loved Zeppelin. I was not around during their heyday, really, but that's what got me into music. That was one of my first favorite bands, them and Aerosmith. So here's somebody from like your age, your generation, say, man, that's really what inspired me to do music. Not only just like play guitar, you want to be, I think you told us in Rock and Pod, you want to be Jimmy Page and Robert Plant both. And that's, I mean, you're a singer and a hell of a guitar player. So it's just incredible to hear somebody like your age that's really be inspired by Led Zeppelin and pick up a guitar. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think, I know we're talking about Mark <laughs> from like Dirty Honey earlier, <laughs> you know, but I see it. I see it in all these people who are, you know, yeah. younger who are making music. And I, I see even he, like when he holds like his mic, he does like the, you know, the Robert, you can't, I don't know if you can see my hands in the audio <laughs> thing, but like, it's just, it's like a, I don't think it's like feminine. It's just like. Graceful. Power. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it. I just can't describe it. Just totally like in like, in, it's just like, it's awesome. He's like one <laughs> of the elves from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sure. So it's like mystical, mystic. Right? Yeah. yeah. There mystic. you go. We agree. It's mystic, yeah. but you're, you're right too about Dirty Hunter. And there, there are a lot of bands right now. Um, that do play guitar-driven rock, blues rock, southern rock. I mean, we have this podcast and talked to a lot of them, but, you know, I love that there's this new generation of people in their 20s or maybe even their teens that are picking up guitars, actually learning music, riffs, solos, and playing this stuff. And it's just, man, if Led Zeppelin and those guys that, that inspire people mine and Brian's age to inspire you guys, it's just awesome. I just love to see it that's the longevity of the X factor thing that I was talking about that I don't know how to describe, but see, it just doesn't matter. Like you'll, you'll catch it when you catch it, you know, yeah. I want to create music that has a life force of that, where it makes people elevated and it makes them feel the way I felt like creating it. And, and, and can like, it doesn't matter genre wise, anything like a good songs, a good song, you know, and, and it will, you know strip away all that there's so much production on shit now it's just oh like, yeah well you don't even have to be able to sing well with all the digital things that you can do even even digitally inserting instruments and stuff that people don't actually play just programs yeah but like are they gonna be like inspired you know no. 40 years from now do you want to create music it, it all depends on what you want to do do you want to create music just have fun and just like move people in an audience that's fine like you know I just want to create something that's mystical. I want to create something that like, I'm just like, holy shit. I just made that. Wow. How can I do even like more insane stuff? The next record, you know, it's just like build, build, like evolve. more, more finger tapping. We got to yeah, go more, yeah, finger right. tapping. <laughs> more yeah. pick, uh, so, you know, sweet picking and all that stuff as well too, which yeah. you get into on one of your songs and we'll talk a little bit about later. Yeah. <laughs> You don't see that a lot anymore either, at least from the new generation of players. But I, I love to hear it. Cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, Southern rock, sweet picking. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know, dude. I, anything that can add to your tool belt, man. I, I studied classical, fucking shreddy stuff. Yeah, anything. Well, let's talk about your training. So, when did you pick up a guitar and start taking lessons? Who gave you lessons? Kind of how, how did you get up to being like a master, a shredsman? Or shredsman, oh. <laughs> whatever the proper term is these days. Shredsman, that's awesome. Man. Shredsman, uh, that's fucking cool. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I started when I was like twelve, and um, my I uh, I didn't really take many lessons, but I did have this one instructor. I think for like 
couple months. His name was Matt Kim, and he had like this Fu Manchu, like <laughs> it was nice. like this, like this like Mongolian like metalhead like dude, bro, bro dude who would like just like show me a couple things, and then uh, I never really, I never really like had the work ethic that I do now, obviously, but like back then it was just like, ah, that's cool. And then the next lesson would come around. I'd be like, oh shit, I didn't practice. And then we wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, but you know, work, work ethic, I think comes just with like seeing that your vision can actually happen and that, that things are actually set in motion and that the work that you're doing is paying off. I don't, I think motivation is bullshit. I don't think motiv- motivation exists. Like motivation is just seeing small little increments of change after consistent work and that you know what i mean like you don't wake up and be like oh i don't feel motivated to go to the gym or do a thing you know it's just like no it's like the small increments of change that like bring up that so like when i got into like seeing that guitar that i was like progressing on guitar i was like man that's cool that's something i can control that's something that i know if i put in the dedicated amount of time and work i can excel at something and I think that's uh, that's part of it. I just wanted to be really good at something, you know, kind of have like my own superpower, you know. Yeah. Well, so so you did get some lessons for some foundation. Then you just practice, practice, practice on your own. Did you go to YouTube and watch videos? Did you or did you just play in your room on your own? A lot of playing in my room on my own. Um, I went to a, a hippie school in Western Massachusetts in like high school, and there was a bunch of kids in my grade that were that also like picked up guitars and basically it was just like Jimi Hendrix like you know Janice and like you know Zeppelin Stones and it was just like that was all we listened to in uh middle school and stuff so we all would come in with like riffs and stuff and then of course you wanted to be better than the next guy so you're like oh well well look at this like over the hills and far away like lick you know which was like you know, mind blowing to be able to play that for the first time, you know, and so it was like a competitive thing. Um, but yeah, hippie school in Western Massachusetts. I think I graduated with like 30 kids in my grade. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have never thought there were hippie schools in Massachusetts, but Brian, <laughs> we learned something today. Oh yeah, dude. There's like, a whole, it's Western Massachusetts. It's, there's a whole thing. What's People the difference like, between Eastern and Western? Eastern's huge. on the ocean, Western's on like Pennsylvania? Yeah. It's know. in it. It's like if you think Lord, you were talking about Lord of the Rings earlier. It's like its own little mystical thing out there. There's like cows and hippies, and I swear it's like <laughs> it's really its own thing. Yeah. For someone you know so young in your early twenties, like, and especially I know you're not from the southeast, but down there, see, we keep running across people that age that just love great music. And so if I could meet, you know, if I ever meet your parents, I'm going to say, hey, they did a hell of a job raising you. I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, that's their music that you listen to and they put you in a cool school and, you know, that's very cool. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's And it's cool to like have people around here who also are in the same boat. You know, I don't really feel like a black sheep when it comes to that stuff. Cause there's a lot of people my age, like trying to like do this rock revival thing uh, around town and stuff. Some of them are like exceptional, you know, I've got, it's cool to have that kind of community. Cause then it's, you actually like feed off of each other a little bit. When did you start getting into bands then? Like, uh, like playing out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as I could, um, uh, just like jamming with, 
people I went to school with uh, doing like, you know, the high school talent show things, playing um, around Western Mass, like as a teenager. Um, there is this actually, there's this really amazing place um, called the Institute for Musical Arts in Goshen, Massachusetts, which hmm. um, is run by uh, June Millington. Crazy coincidence, she was like part of the first all-female rock band called Fanny. Oh, Fanny, had, yeah. Yeah, Fanny's House of Music is actually uh, in Nashville. Um, and um, she was like, I'm going to start an all-female like uh, rock retreat, basically, for like young girls in music where they can go and like hang out. So I, I spent almost my entire like, you know, uh, teenage years like over there. That's where I really discovered songwriting. Um, they would just take, you know, they take in kids, you know, especially kids who like have, you know, not so stable like home lives. And it basically was like a safe haven to like be there and create. It's a, it's a fully uh, functional like recording studio uh, performance venue. Um, you know, and so um, you would write songs and then perform them at the end. Um, and then they'd be recorded uh, while the performance was happening. So it's like the school of rock. Yeah. For, for young women, it just happened. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah. just, you know, just orga um, organically came to light. Yeah. And so that was a, obviously a huge part of like me being like, yeah, I'm like in love with songwriting and the artistry of all that stuff. Uh, how, how do I... Okay, yeah go ahead go ahead sorry continue your oh, no no i just i was just like well how do i be the best i could possibly be at this thing that i'm just totally like enamored with yeah well, you're a really good guitar player so we've kind of covered that but you're also a really good singer and not only can you play different genres of music on guitar but you can also sing when did you kind of discover that you had a good voice i mean were you in choir like how, how did like really how did your singing come about yeah, thank you. Um, at the Institute for Musical Arts, I did not want to be a singer. I was not going to sing a freaking thing. I, I, I played guitar way longer than I've been singing. I was like, you're not going to get me to sing. I was super adamant. I was, a t I was, I started singing late. I think I was like 17 or okay. something or 16. You know, I started playing guitar way before singing. And I was like, you're not going to get me to sing. And there's this woman, I'll never forget her. And I, um, uh, Message her on uh, Facebook uh, when the underdog anthems came out, and I was like, "Remember this?" And her name is Melanie Demore, fantastic, fantastic vocalist. She sat me down, and she's like, "You're gonna be a great singer." And I was like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> like you don't, you don't know me. Like I'm a teenager, Wah. you know. <laughs> and uh, and then she's like, "No, you're gonna be a great singer." And then she forced me to sing an original song. And at the Institute for Musical Arts, um, you record what you what you play, and then you play it back. You you know, cook popcorn and stuff like that, and everyone watches the performance. And when I heard myself sing, I was so I was livid. I was so upset. I was crying. I was so oh, embarrassed. No. I was like, I hate this. I hate this. Why'd you make me do this? And um, then she she's like, because you're gonna be a great singer someday. And I was just like. Man, if it wasn't for her, I would not sing. You know, she forced me to sing and have that sort of like, you know, because when you hear you say, it's singing is such a hard thing. I feel like you don't like your voice until like two, three years into singing. Only when, when will you actually start to like your voice. And I got to thank her because I would never have sung if it wasn't, if she didn't push me to do that, um, for me to have that self-realization where I was like, I think she's right. 
even though this is really hard to watch and hard to hear, like, I think she's right. And, um, yeah, I sent her an underdog anthems copy of California. Cause I was just like, remember that time? She's like, Oh, of course I remember that time. And I was like, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Cause this is kind of working out for me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. No, that's really cool. And like, you know, with music, I guess it makes sense to, to record yourself, to play it back, watch what you do. We did a lot of that in sports too. I played, I did a lot of baseball and like we would take video of our swings and fielding ground balls. Same, same thing. And you'd be like, Oh shit, that looks awful. And you think about it or for you, it's probably like, Oh, that didn't sound great. I know what to work on. Every time I listen to one of these stupid podcasts, I hear my stupid nasally voice. I'm like, I got to do something different about that. <laughs> you know? Brian, you know, like when you hear your voice on these things, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, well, for me, it's just like trying to talk more fluid. And I get a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, like I try to listen to the early episodes and I'm just like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> Speaking Same thing. broken so sentences. We are essentially like Jax when she was in high school and going to the Institute of Music right now. We need a couple of years of repetition. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know what it's it's real like those things are hard to do, but you have to like be right. in the mentality of this is going to be hard, but this is going to be good for me. You know, anything like that's so difficult to like self evaluate. But like, man, if you're an artist and you're not self evaluating, like you're not going to grow. And like, I think anybody to be successful, no matter what you do, you have to do that. You have to do an assessment and say, what do I need to do better? What am I good at? Or you go nowhere in life. Yeah, I mean, again, it depends how far you want to go. Um, but yeah, if you're really serious about it, you got to take those steps back and be like, this is going to hurt, but I'm going <laughs> to record me playing this and I'm going to watch through the whole thing and see how freaking off key I get, you know, and and um, and then I guarantee you, you won't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> or you'll sure. use that embarrassment to like, you know, cat, you know, catapult you into like, having a better practice regimen or whatever you need to do, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned you have siblings. Do any of them do music at all? Uh, no, uh, I'm kind of just the black sheep. All right. Yeah. So after high school, you went to Berkeley college of music. Yeah. How did, how did you get out there? Yeah, that was, uh, that was obviously like, I come from a blue collar family um uh you know my mom's a nurse uh single mom you know with you know four kids <laughs> you know yeah tough college wasn't really you know so i would people would talk about college and i'd just get upset and i'd like go to the bathroom and cry or something you know because uh, i really wanted to go but i just i just knew it'd be impossible so yeah. i um you know worked really hard and i uh I actually couldn't afford the uh, the hundred dollars to audition at Berkeley, which I think is stupid. You have to pay. I won't pay to audition. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, but so I couldn't even afford the audition fee. So I saved up somehow and scraped by, and we did the audition. And um, my mom drove me to to Boston and um, audition there. And I uh, actually I, I got a, a a nice scholarship there, which I'm very very grateful and thankful for didn't cover the whole thing, you know, so, but, um, you know, we still had to like call and be like, Hey, like, can you guys like give me more money to go to this school? It's like my dream. And then they'd be like, all right, remember you got to pay it back when you're done. And I'm just like, sure. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, um, it was my dream. Like I wanted it so bad and I worked so hard for it. And I, 
you know, and I was just kind of like, I know I can't pay this back, but you know, I'm going to do it anyway. And, and, um, so I am thankful that I, I did get to go there, but I think it's like stupid to pay that much for school. And I also think you don't need to go to music school, obviously to be good at music. Um, there was a lot of plasticness there that I was kind of like, ugh, you know, um, but the people that I did find there that were real were exceptional, you know, Sure. And it was kind of hard to even fit in there because it was just like, but I wanted to be surrounded by creative people and, um, and art. And, and it's an awesome, awesome, like once, like, you know, very unique experience to be completely like living with artists, like breathing with artists, sleeping with artists, farting with artists, <laughs> everything all in one, just like totally like committed to this and like, um, that was a really cool environment to be in. Yeah. Does that translate so to the Nashville music scene that you're in now? Cause you're in a, I mean, you're with artists all the time. It does. And it's, it's almost like a continuation of Berkeley really. And I know it feels like that. Cause there's a lot of Berkeley kids just like coming here too. Cause it's the only place a lot of them can afford to live, you know, unless they got, you know, rich parents, then they go to LA, <laughs> you know, or something like that, you know, but, um, yeah, it is a continuation. Yeah. So what do you what do you learn from playing with all these other up and coming um, artists on the scene? Yeah, what I learn is a lot of like what to do and what not to do, you know, and we're constantly feeding off of each other with that stuff. Um, uh, I've had to, I've had to learn a lot of hard lessons recently. Um, I've had, you know, uh, opportunities that I've messed up because I just, I guess, you know, you just, I've just, you're green, you know, there's nothing you can do besides be green, you know, you have to be green and like sometimes learn hard lessons on your own. And mm, some of them are hard, hard lessons. And uh, yeah. So Jax, I was reading in your EPK and we talked about this too in Nashville, like how I was always, wondering how did you get hooked up with Michael Wagner because he, you know, is mostly known as a heavy metal producer and you had made some live videos or made some videos that you playing and then he somehow saw him. And, but the thing is like, like I shouldn't have been so like, you know, how did you uh, end up with a heavy metal producer? Because breathe is like a heavy freaking song. So if you could talk some about Michael Wagner, that'd be great. Of course. I love talking about him. He's like, man, he's like such a special like person in my life. Like, honestly, it's like ever since I met him, like a lot of things have just like fallen into place and made more sense in my life. Um, you know, even on, on a personal level, level, just like he's just like a light of a dude, you know. Um, and he uh, basically like I um, I tell you guys the story of like how I sent out like emails and I had like a 2020 mental breakdown almost you know off of briley parkway i was like driving and i was like what the hell is the point of any of this shit i've been trying so hard i'm working my ass off my whole life and nothing's happening with my original music and that's what i want to do and i'm tired of playing on cruise ships and doing the cover thing and and um that's when i decided to do the these one takes what you're talking about the videos um basically i'll just i sat in front of my computer and my uh my akg 414 and i played through um two songs two original songs and then i wanted to make like a music video for it so like i 
went out and had a friend like record me playing over it basically the one take and i was like i'm gonna send this out i'm gonna be ballsy and send it out to like the people i wish i could work with and michael wagner i sent i sent it to michael wagner and within 15 minutes i got an email back saying wow do you want to meet up tomorrow and i was like this isn't the real email i'm being freaking punk (laughs) (laughs) and uh and he's like no no do you want to meet up tomorrow and and i i show up to his studio i show up to wire world like the next day and then a week after doing that we started working on underdog anthems like that's how pumped he was about it and that's how like it happened just like bam what what, which of his work did you did you hear listen to or to be aware of him yeah i mean i knew about him like i already have like buddies that know him and stuff like i I knew he was in nashville too like um i mean his reach is like incredible he sold over a hundred million records you know and um yeah i mean obviously like i'm more from like the classic rock realm it's kind of like where i draw a lot of influence you know blues rock and stuff like that um obviously he's like heavier than that but um you know he's still got like the classic rock guys you know still in his like realm and he was just connected through all that stuff too um all those people who are in town in nashville Mm -hmm. um yeah so you talked about, you know, he retired and, you know, any, anyone else on your radar? Cause I know you said that's going to be big shoes to fill if you're, when you're looking for the next producer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, we're, we're still looking around um, for the next record, next producer for the next record. Uh, right now we're in, I, well, I'm in like writing mode. I'm writing feverishly. I'm just, I'm writing and I'm co-writing with people too, uh, co-writing with some of my favorite artists in town who are like my age. And then I'm also co-writing with like, you know, maybe some other guys and um, hanging out in new studios and, you know, getting invited to like some pretty awesome stuff, um, which I think like, uh, you know, it is going to be hard to find a producer like after Michael, but like, it's crazy to think he's like done. Like he's, he's totally done. You know, I, I got to be a part of like his hundred million records. Like, <laughs> of course mine are like, you know, sold like, 300 units like yay <laughs> that's a little bit different these days with physical well, has, being yeah, sold. that has more to do with the, with the time than your music yeah mm-hmm. so writing you're writing new material um how is it or is it any different than anything we saw with with the first um eight songs you have recorded on your first album yes it's like everything i write i make sure it's like better than like the first record i'm just like I'm totally in the zone where I'm just like, it's, it's pressure. Yeah. I've, I've rewritten songs like five times, some of them like rewritten five times, but songs are weird like that. Sometimes you have a 40 minute song and then other times you have like a, you know, a rewritten, you got to fight for that and like hold it down and be like, all right, this is how we do it. So yeah. But it's, I think it's some of the best stuff I've ever written is I'm right. Is it heavy? Is it, you know, more stuff like breathe is it more like bluesy on on some of your other you know tracks or like trip together you know you've got a nice variety within those eight songs on the underdog anthem album or is it sort of just scattered like that yeah this uh, there's a there's an awesome like blues rock song um right now the working title is ethereal emerald for that oh. one and um and then we've got um more like you said like more drift together sort of style stuff um think like you know it's gonna be the same thing it's gonna be but in but um 
it might fall more so in different ways. I'm not totally sure. Again, all these songs, like I'll write all this stuff, but like we need to whittle it to what Jack's hollow is. And that's what Michael did so beautifully. Like I came into his studio with all this stuff and he's just like, these are the songs that are Jack's hollow. So it's gonna, again, I'm gonna have to find the right producer to do that too. And I'm sure Michael will, you know, I have a, I have a strong uh, relationship with him and we talk all the time. So I'm sure I can be like, hey, what, what is, out of all these songs, what is Jack's Holland? And he'll tell me. So totally trust him 100%. Yeah. Are you doing some more shredding on the album, on the new stuff? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be all, and it'll, and there'll be songs that are very like, songwriting and like and like uh, moving focused and then there's there's going to be some of that stuff too yeah it's yeah so well will you go to michael to to get a recommendation from him of who your producer might could be potentially i think so and uh that again that's like um between me and my manager angie mm -hmm. um that's like you know uh it's it's a team effort and i love that because I don't know all the time. Like, I'll write something. I wrote this song. It's like a Lizzo song meets Jack's Hollow. <laughs> it's called Rock Stars and Henny and Angie hates it. And it's awesome because I made a poop joke and a strap on joke, both in the first verse. And it's hilarious. And um, it's cheeky and it's awesome. And Angie's like, that's not going to go anywhere near the record. And then I, show, I showed it to some guys uh, at uh, one of the studios I've been at. And they're just like this is a hit song like we we need to like sign you on this right now and i'm just like huh you gotta like you gotta be that's where you gotta be careful like is it jack's hollow though you know and that's that's where my brain because it's so like scattered you know i could and i write i can write raps blah 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 blah. you know it's like that's when i need someone like michael and angie to be like listen this is what yeah. like this is you and, and it's it's so i i wish every artist especially who are, who's trying to do it out there can get people they trust in the team like that. Cause it's, it's literally, it makes or breaks it, you know, because they, they know who you are and what you're trying to do. When you do something that's not right, they'll let you know. And I thought, I was like, Oh man, it's gotta go on the record. It slaps. And they're just like, it's not you. So. <laughs> well, if you get signed on that one song too, they're going to expect more of the same sounding stuff. And then you really are pigeonholed into trouble exactly and that's that's not what we're trying to do with jack's hollow we're trying to really cut against the grain and sometimes it's hard to do that you know it's just like it would be a good bonus track on the end of the album maybe man i'm telling you dude it's a funny it's a fun and funny song and it slaps and you know we just don't know what to do with it it has like it's totally done and demoed out buried bonus song people don't do that anymore people in the 90s people are doing the bonus chin tracks all the time um, bring it back bring it back Jax bring, bring it, back. it back bro if I brought that back <laughs> Angie would have my head <laughs> yeah oh that's funny Jason is it that time of the show well Jax I know you have a time limit and then we like to get to the end of our interviews and do a lightning round where we just do some fun short easy questions if that's okay with you hell yeah let's do it all right what's the first album you owned Hmm. Own physically? Yeah, like given to you, you had, that you remember. Yeah, I think it was uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Well, Red Hot <laughs> Chili Peppers, there you yeah. go. What's the last concert you went to? Not that you performed at, that you went and saw somebody else. Joan Jett, the Ryman. Like oh, last was that recently? Yeah. Nice. 
awesome. Was she playing with anybody on or was she on her own? Like Yeah, she had like her her black hearts, which they the I think I don't know if they're local dudes or what. They kind of all had the same like emo boy haircut and they were like tall white <laughs> boys. And um and it was it was cool though. Her vocals were on point all night. Like I like she was totally there. Like it was it was badass. She's supposed to be on the stadium tour with um uh Motley Crue and Def Leppard, isn't she? Isn't she supposed to be when they do pick that back up? Oh shoot. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It was just her in town yeah well they 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 postponed that another year because of covid not to do it so yeah but i'm pretty sure brian do you remember wasn't you supposed to be supporting that yeah Yeah. i think poison might be on that as well i think Um, they they might be on that as well too but no i saw when i was at the ryman touring it i saw that she was going to be playing there so it's cool yeah yeah it's a great venue have you ever played the ryman oh my god i would die i would love to (laughs) (laughs) no i haven't played that yet i played i played the exit in which was like staple but yeah Ryman's the oh man I would it's the church feels, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, what is your favorite Led Zeppelin album and song shoot oh man um they could be separate doesn't have to be the best song off the one album could they can be different I know I know people are like oh four you know Zeppelin four obviously yeah but that's too easy I know but honestly like man I love the energy of just of the first one that's just like yeah. bam here we are like y'all don't even fucking know what we're about to do to like the world music you know but i don't know three or houses of the holy i don't know man physical it's graffiti like, a great double album yeah, I mean, dude, you know dude, i know man you said three three's great it's got the acoustic stuff it's got yeah, my I favorite guess. song since i've been loving you on it which is an amazing blues jam you could probably kill that Dude, do since I've been loving you and my guitar gently weeps, and do them to like like trade off. Like, oh huh? yeah, 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 yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it now. It's out yeah, in public. Yeah. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I, I guess. Th- oh, that's a hard question. Three it is a hard I, question. All right, three, whatever. Okay, we'll go. We'll go with three. I mean, get that tangerine on that, and um, since I've been loving you, immigrant song, right? Those are all on there. Yeah. see i like it all right i'm gonna give this is a multiple choice question pick the best one okay aerosmith boston the cars the pixies or extreme aerosmith and you know why i asked that right they're all massachusetts bands they're all boston oh shoot bands. yeah bro Come on. <laughs> I was like i was like damn those are from massachusetts dude i'd say when they discovered the aerosmith like uh old I don't know if you saw that, like the like an old discarded like like retro vehicle that was like yeah. forty minutes from where I like used to like no, no smoke weed in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, True is, musician. Is yeah. Nuno Betancourt an influence on you? Who? Nuno from Extreme. Nuno Betancourt, the guitarist. Oh. I mean, he's awesome. I don't. He's I, awesome. Yeah, I don't really like uh, listen to a ton of Extreme, but yeah. Mm-hmm. You should. You might dig some of their. They got that funk element to their songs. You might. You yeah. might like it. All you need is to listen to his porno graffiti. That's that's a good album. It's a really good album. I think I, he's well, playing with Pink right now. Isn't he like Pink's guitarist? Yeah, for real. Yeah, he's played Pink for a while. That's cool. So you know, that's some cred. All right. Another multiple choice question. Yeah. Jimmy, Stevie, Eric, or other jimmy 
Jimmy Page. Hmm. Page, just Page. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. I think that's yeah. the right answer. Yeah. I'm a huge Page guy. Those other guys can absolutely play, but I just like Jimmy Page and the fact he's done so many different styles and things with his career. You know, Follow he's very diverse. Page. Yeah. Okay. What is the best song ever? Ever. Ever. Whew. Oh, man. Ever. I know it can change. It's very subjective. Like right now in your mind. like Best song ever. Mm-hmm. Aliens come to Earth and they said, show us what the best music is on Earth right now. What are you going to say? Damn, dude. That's a loaded one. <laughs> Shit. Uh... Right, supposed to be an easy question. First thing in my mind. Something came in your mind. Hallelujah is not going away. And I know that's like stupid because it's just like the song, but it's just not going away from my brain because it's just not. All right. What a we'll lame go with answer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Damn. Lame answer. It just won't leave my brain. So well, next next time we have you on, you'll be ready to answer that. Okay. Just yeah. keep thinking about that. It like wouldn't leave. I'm just like, no, that's too easy. No, that's too easy. And it's just like, wait, you know, uh, yeah. Well, that's why I said you're not supposed to overthink. It's like the first thing that pops in your mind when you hear the question. Because when you can, when you sing that song, you can just like, man, you can. And really it's been covered by different people in different ways too. So it's you know yeah. it, that's to, to me a sign of a really excellent song is the fact that if other people can cover it in their own way and it's still good, it's a fucking great great song. Any genre, that's the best thing. Is like take a song, any genre you go to, you're. That's why I say Bob Dylan might be the best songwriter. You can argue that he might not be the best singer performer. I'm not a big fan of like him, but all these songs that he has, these other artists do, and they're always really, really good. So he's a freaking phenomenal songwriter. Might be the best ever. That's a really good way to judge a song. Like, like honestly, yeah. Like, you know, Sound of Silence, Disturbed, doing the Sound of Silence. Right, there you, know you go. I mean? like, it's, it's amazing. Like, yeah. Cause they, they live like it's, it's again, it's that X factor. It's like, they live, they're their own entities. They're just undeniably like there. That's, and that's so powerful. Like, right. It's beautiful. Yeah. I want to write stuff like that, man. I want to write stuff like there. When they're covering Jack's hollow songs and they're different ways. It's still a good song. Hopefully, hopefully I, and (laughs) that's, that's the goal is to write something that has that longevity. Yeah. For sure. So what is the best song you've ever written? Mm. This, I, I think it's personally this song called Past the Shallows. And uh, again, I wrote that like maybe like two months ago and it's just been sitting on a shelf. Um, I think that's the best song I've ever written and I hope it makes it on the record. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the one. And then you can't hear it anywhere because it's not out anywhere, but it's there. <laughs> we'll be waiting to hear it. How's yeah. that? Eagerly to see if it comes on the album or if you just release it to online on your channel. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. You are a big Fender guitar player. That's your guitar choice. Cause I remember asking you Gibson or Fender. Yeah. Do you prefer the Strat, the Telly or another model? Strat. Strat. And then, uh, you know, Telly, I got a Telly. I play sometimes, but yeah, the Strat. Strat's the thing. It's just so versatile, you know? 
<laughs> or I guess I'm really about versatility. Yeah. All all single coils, or are you putting a humbucker in the back in the bridge pickup? Actually, yeah, uh, humbucker. Uh, I have noiseless pickups in my Strat right now. Yeah, which so is cool. Get that gain. You're not making all that ruckus up there. Well, yeah, it, but I've been playing through like my my multi effects system, so that's kind of been like what I'd be doing uh, around. It's just so much easier to like you know move it around and stuff. Yeah. Which of your guitars is your favorite right now? Mm, Emerald Lady. Emerald That's Lady a, is that a green one? Yes, the green one. It's a custom-made guitar from I think it's 1972. Is like what it's called. Uh, there's a guy that makes them, and I don't know. It took us like usually like six months to make. Uh, that was uh, Mike. That's a gift from Michael. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. She, it, he basically was like, I want. He's got a his own custom guitar from the guy called Rosie. It's like a red one. And it's like, uh, it's got like a backwards headstock. And, um, and, uh, I used that. I used Rosie on almost all the songs. Uh, that was like the main guitar recorded underdog anthems on. And Michael was like, what's your favorite color? And I was like, well, Emerald. And he's like, all right, cool. And then he, he basically asked this guy, can you make Rosie, but green? And uh, the guy did it. And uh, that's, it's like, it. there's like no monetary value to it. It's just like, it means like everything to me. Like that guitar is like really special. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. You don't play live with that much, do you? I don't think I've seen videos of you really using that. Yeah, but because I use my whammy bar on like, I didn't think about this, but I, I use my whammy bar often when I play. Like even for rebound, feels like a rebound. You know, I yeah. to go into that I use my whammy bar. So what I do is I keep the green, the Emerald Lady in drop D. A lot of my songs are drop D. So uh, when it's time for me to switch over, we put all the drop D songs together on the list on the set list. So there's no switching. Yeah, and then I'll switch over to that for the drop D songs, which are like three or four songs now. Are you just doing that because it's easier? Can you make a bar chord pretty easy one finger, and then you can sort of. No, it's it's uh it's necessary for say my name that open that open riff for say my name is very like you can't play that it won't sound the same if you if you play that any other way it's like it's drop it's drop D and then you've got capo on two so it's really like drop oh yeah yeah the riff up so you're, you're the getting into Rich up. Robinson territory here you know if you start well, doing all this crazy <laughs> you're gonna do tunings and capos and everything else yeah anything to just be more complicated than I have to be. Most people I know who use drop detuning, you know, it's easy because you can kind of make a power chord, a bar chord with your finger, at least on those top three strings across while you're singing and playing. And then you've got, you know, five other strings to, to riff on. Oh, you know me. I'm not going to do the easy way. I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do the most. Drop D with a capo. All right. Yeah, right, right on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your choice of amp? Uh, Well, I uh, got my usually Marshall. I'm usually got a Marshalls are fucking killer. I love those. If I had like um, you know, like a Deville or something, that'd be that'd be. Sweet. Is that your ultimate? That if you could have anything you wanted. That would yeah. I think I'd get a Deville Supra maybe. That'd be cool too. But definitely, I'd probably get like a a Blues Junior or like a Deville or something. That would be nice. my my next purchase. Yeah. Very, you got very classic choices in your instruments and your amplification. I know. <laughs> if you could play with anyone, living or dead, for one night, who would it be? 
Damn. Ah. Hendrix. Yeah. I'm wearing his shirt. Oh, there you Yeah, you're wearing his shirt. Cool. <laughs> All right. What's that tat on your right forearm? Oh, yeah. That's my, that's my first tattoo ever. <laughs> it's a that's dog. The underdog anthems. I got that after... Uh, after we hit a hundred thousand streams for underdog anthems. Oh, nice. Cause uh, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get a tattoo every time I release a record. And did then, you did you draw that? You said you were you can an artist. Yeah, well, I found you know I I kind of drew it. Like I saw this image online, and I was like, that's cool. And then I like traced it and kind of like did my own line work on it. And then I was like, I want you to watercolor that. And uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so we've choose Jimi Hendrix. Is there a specific song you'd want to play with him? Mm. Shoot, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe all along the Watchtower. Maybe like Voodoo Child. I don't know. Something where he can just like go balls to the fucking wall, and I'll just be like, try to like just be in his light, you know. So yeah. are you going to be ready when he looks over to you and gives you the nod to take a solo? Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I I wish, you know, well, part of me wish, you know, I wish I could have seen what that and felt like what that energy was like back in the sure. day. But I we we're trying to recreate the energy here now. You know what I mean? Like, because there is a special kind of, uh, you know, nostalgia of it for people who weren't even there like me. There's like a, oh, I wish that we were more connected and more like, you know, have our shoes off and like freaking like love each other kind of thing now. But so we're, we're trying to kind of create the, a community um, that's totally based on like music, like music merit. So trying to, trying, yeah. Trying to get back to those hippie days. The basics, get back to the basics, get rid of all this plastic shit. Like man. care about people and actually like, you know, don't be an asshole. And connect with people, the connection, you know, like what is there, what else is there, but like human connection. Uh, That's very deep. Well, <laughs> I'm, it's all bullshit though. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is your guilty pleasure musical artist or song? Yeah. Shit. I like, uh, I don't know if guilty pleasure, but I, I do like, um, like a uh, rap artist kind of under underground kind of rap artist i like chris webby uh like chica um i don't know uh nf he's kind of like a moody he's like an emo rapper guy but he dude some of his like play on words and rhymes an games. emo rapper see well, he raps like about like being no. depressed or what? he's a sad boy he's a sad boy <laughs> rapper but it's the emotion and the intent and like the like so these these rappers are just very passionate about what they do and they're like 100% in it and like when you hear that you can feel it through the music and it's like yes and that's what spans genres is the passion too and that's like you can get that kind of like uh motivation you know I'm, I'm listening to that stuff in the gym and stuff you know <laughs> are you connecting with the lyrics or like the beats connect with the lyrics and the delivery okay. and the emotion um and then yeah like sometimes in, in some of the nf stuff that he has like I don't know if it's just like midi but like vocal choir behind him almost like a like an action movie kind of like stuff underneath him it sounds like it just it like it's epic it like elevates it 
yeah, he just released like a new record called Clouds. Yeah. Well, those I've never heard of those guys before, but I will ask my 16 year old daughter if she knows what you're talking about. <laughs> she probably, probably know NF. Uh, Chris Webby's a little more underground. He's like this nerdy, like rapper, white dude from like Connecticut. And he's brilliant. Me and my little brother, we listen to him all the time. My brother's uh, 19. Yeah. <laughs> he introduces me to some amazing stuff. Sure. Too. Yeah. I will say, though, last year I teared up. My daughter came to me. She's like, hey, dad, can you make me a playlist with all the rock music that you like? Because, this, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> touched, touched, you know, got, got a little tear in my eye. I had to wipe away. <laughs> but, but she's mostly in the pop music, though. But, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll turn her on to your stuff for sure. Sweet. So during the pandemic, you guys weren't able to really play out as much as you probably wanted to because a lot of things were shut down. Did you could did you recommend any streaming movie or series during that time that you got into? Hmm. Well, I probably rewatched re Breaking Bad, knowing me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. Um, uh, was I watching? Uh, I don't have any. I wish. Did I? I haven't really been able to like sit down and really like, uh, you know, dive into something like new and awesome like that. Uh, if you have any recommendation for me, totally check it out. We always yeah. ask people cause I'm always looking. Yeah, no, it, I'm pretty sure I probably rewatched breaking bad. I do that like once every three years or, <laughs> you know, I think you'd like a uh, sons of anarchy. Oh, okay. I think you'd I'll like that. that about biker okay. gangs, right? Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, I like The Walking Dead too. So I mean, but it got boring. So yeah, yeah. We 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 dropped Walking Dead after a while. Just sort of everything was depressed. It's like the worst shit constantly. I'm like, I don't want to be constantly depressed watching no, TV. But they could do so many cooler things, and they just kind of like drag it out. Have the same like different scenario with different people go. You know, it's just like, oh, we found a place. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, we found a place. Oh, they're terrible. Oh my god, like what else? Like you can do cool stuff. Like ooh, like let's try to actually like work on like. I don't know, communicating with people like in different countries, or you know, there's just so right. much like, they didn't even like explore. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot easier to defend off mindless hordes, really, particularly with heavy equipment and military. I just, I find it hard to believe that we'd get run, run over so easily. Nah, dude, it doesn't make any sense. And like every time, and I'll be in real life and I'll be like, Man, that'd be great for the Walking Dead. Like if that, you know, like you see a tank or something. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, like a big like, junk dump truck or a stove power bulldozer. Or... Why don't they just drive like giant trucks? Like I, I know I, you that's, like exactly gas. I know gas. Like whatever, but like I don't know. You know dude. those things that roll like blacktop, like the, the you know the heavy rollers with the big roll wheel. Like just drive over my people. <laughs> uh, yeah, rollers, right? Like, right, but that sounds like an expensive, uh, you know, thing. To I'm just saying, if this yeah. if zombie apocalypse really happened, I think we could take them. There's a lot of like stuff that you could really do to you know to fight yeah. back. I would I would get people in like backhoes and build a giant trench and fill it That's with flammable material yeah then like stand pe people on one side have them come over fall in and light the trench on fire done a trench and light it on fire yes <laughs> just build a an big trench what a concept <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and that's why i quit watching those and people allow me to quit watching those because i i just i sit there and yeah, yeah speculate yeah like, it's terrible i'm not a good i'm i'm a terrible person to watch things with i just it's not good oh dude but, i do the same thing people hate they hate listening to music to me too i'm just like 
you know, I'm just like, well, oh, I bet they're going to go to the six minor chord here. You know, it's just like, <laughs> out of here. Like, you don't enjoy things anymore. Like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. ruins it for everybody. Yeah, right. Or my last lightning round question for you is a little, probably a little bit longer of a question, but give us a good tour playing live ex- story experience, something that that's just good, you know, for us to know. Sure. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I mean, I'm hoping to like play, you know, hopefully later on like big, big shows, but the biggest show I played was in front of like 5,000 people. Um, that's pretty good. Which was amazing. Uh, and, um, I was back in like 2019 and, uh, just like, I think the best feeling I'll never forget. It was like backstage and like just peering through like the the crack of like um the uh you know the big the the giant stages that they set up for like you know like uh, state fairs and stuff like yeah and um just like barely peering over and seeing and hearing like that amount of people out there and i remember like the adrenaline just like like totally like like inch by inch just like coming up my body and i was like well this is a new feeling that i've never had before this is going to get interesting and then like going out on like the catwalk to like play like a solo and like having people like reach like for your like legs <laughs> and it's like, like mindless zombies like the walking dead <laughs> yeah but that's like just a I don't know. I hope like everyone gets to experience some sort of like, you know. So that didn't scare you. Like, cause some people would get petrified and like stage fright. You got inspired and like jazzed up. Yeah, dude. Because, because I love, I love that in the moment. Like, what are you going to do? Fight or flight, you know? Um, Absolutely. And because like, what are we, but like, you know, what we do in, moments and circumstances you know and then that's when you can really be like oh shit i'm like testing the abilities of like who i am as a person right now like that's huge you know and then when you do that now you're on a different like level like you know like i know what it feels like to play in front of five thousand people and like like i i want that again how do i get that again you know um yeah i wish i wish everyone could experience something like that and i know people are like oh my god no like i'd never do that but have you tried it <laughs> you know, give it a try. You know, it's, it's weird to have every cell in your body, like adrenaline, like, like rushed, you know, it's awesome. I think too, what happens, a lot of people, a lot of artists who perform like that, they have trouble adjusting when you're off the stage from that. And that's when they tend to get in trouble with things outside of music because they're trying to recreate those feelings and keep it going on. I bet I bet that's that's right. Cause, I mean, I've only experienced it once, but I, I can imagine that. And I've been thinking about it ever since, you know, so like I can imagine that's that's what it is. It's addictive. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. we think you're going to get back there. We love what you're doing. Underdog Anthems is a great album. Like your guitar work is excellent. Your singing is really good. Um, I've seen live videos like, listen, everybody's listening to this podcast. Go out and buy Underdog Anthems. We can go to jackshollowmusic.com like where do we go to buy your things find out where you're playing get shirts get cds where should we go yeah that's uh jackshollow.com slash shop that's j-a-x-h-o-l-l-o-w yeah get all that awesome stuff there 
follow you on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. What do we got? Yeah, those are all just at Jax Hollow, J-A-X-H-O-L-L-O-W. Luckily, I got to snag those before. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> else did. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody go out, follow her on uh, social media, go to her website, buy the music, buy the shirt. I got some stuff from you after coming back from Nashville. It's great. Got it fast. Thank you very much for sending out here. Thank you. Love the album. Brian, over to you. Thank you so much, Jax, for being on. It means a lot to us. And uh, we're going to be following your career closely. And when that new record comes out, we'd love to have you back on again. And it was, it was just uh, very wonderful talking to you again. Likewise, y'all. Thanks. Wow. Thanks to Jack Solo for talking to us today. Uh, what a wonderful, charming person to talk to. And one thing, I, I she just radiates this just like energy, just like positive energy, you know, just real intense. Man, she's ready to just, you know, get her music out to people and, and grab them by the scruff of their shirt whatever it's like listen to me you know it's she is just a uh, fireball energy to uh talk to and to see in her videos and the way she plays the guitar just amazing yeah yeah i mean you know she she talked about on the episode with us seeing joan jett at the ryman and she's got she's got um joan jett definitely a little bit of that joan jett i don't know what i'm trying to say here but she's got some of that in her uh, she's a better guitar player. Not that Joan Jett's not a bad guitar player. Uh, she can shred, but she's like a, she is, she's got a Joan Jett, Bonnie Raitt uh, kind of thing going on. Yeah, she sure does. Um, and, uh, you know, when we were at Rock and Pod, I got to see her take part in the Women in Rock uh, seminar. And I should have mentioned that during the, during the chat. And uh, she was, you know, alongside Pamela DeBars and she, and she mentioned that, you know, you guys heard in the, the earlier version from Rock and Pod, she's telling her that, you know, she was just, she's such a badass. She was saying that about Pamela DeBars and I think Jax is a badass too. And it was just great for her to be part of that and, you know, to sit and listen to that before I introduced myself. But, yeah, uh, she's super talented. I think she's got some really good people advising her you know, to, to oh, yeah. focus and be herself. She talked about, cause I think that's, what's going to get her continue on to be successful. And I hope she is, cause she is super talented and like all around. And I dig what she's doing um, a lot. I will say though, Ryan, like uh, if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to go find her. Cause we think <laughs> like on how, on how to take care of it. I think we can survive together. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, she's just a, uh, just wonderful, charming fireball energy, great music. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. You Go out think. and watch her videos, like watch her play live and you will be a fan. You will be a believer because she can get after it. And uh, until you are a fan of hers, uh, always remember Southern Rock is Rabbit, Blues is Blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 